have seen the worst And there is nothing left for me to hate So I can lay me down My brothers on the ground I bled today until Coyote comes to raise me up And carries me Hello, 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 and welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast. Uh, obviously, I'm not Cammy Black. Uh, I am John Anderson filling in for the inimitable Cammy, who is having issues with moving house down south at this point, to the point where he's almost claiming uh, he's, he's almost going to come back to Scotland, I believe, uh, quite soon. Um, so joining me, as you will no doubt see, is... The other head of the the the, the two are we a two-headed hydra? What are we in? You just called it a two-headed beast, I think. Before I was just went with beast for a while, didn't we? I believe so. I mean, this is this is all on you. You're the host now. <laughs> yes. Well, um, we have had we have had some encouraging chat from our uh, our overlord. Um, encouraging us not to um let's say well put it politely he has suggested that we will hopefully not mess this up tonight um given what has happened when the cats at arrive have taken over the podcast in the past one went very well did it not and then the other one did we not get angry did we not get an angry email from jeremy or was that another time i don't know oh that was another time <laughs> So, anyway, tonight we obviously we have a bit of news. Um, we will have a look at the uh, some of the, the the signings. Yes, you heard it here first, people. Signings, re-signings at Glasgow. It is all happening over at Scotston. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm trying. I'm trying. Ian. Um, we will also take a wee look at the 1872 Cup, which this weekend. Um, actually resembled rugby, um, which was quite good. And finally, um, th- those of those of you paying attention to the old social media cha- uh, channels today will note the Scotland team for or the Scotland squad for the Six Nations was announced. So we will be going into the pros and cons and the long and short of that tonight. So, speaking of long and short, Ian. We are brought to you tonight by Manscaped.com. 
the um, hot dog in male grooming products for the downstairs nether regions, as well as other parts of your your anatomy. You can get uh, we've 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 obviously we've mentioned a few times now, but for those maybe joining us for the first time, myself and Ian, I've got the we've got the swag. Um, we've been sent a, a good promo pack containing the. Um, well, we've got the that was the the perfect package 3.0, which uh, had the, the 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 crop clipper, um for for downstairs. We've had uh, some some reviver, which I'm a big fan of, and uh, some deodorant for your your danglies. Multifunctional reviver as well. We've noticed for blistered hands. Yeah, we've talked a few times about this. It's good for good for your blistered hands. So if you are a hard worker who you know uses uses your hands a lot, highly, highly recommend this. Um they they also do they, when you order this, it comes in a lovely little leather bag, which uh, is perfect, perfect for your travels once we are out of COVID land and are able to go and visit hotels across the country. Um, possibly even you could take it. I, I mean, I'm just speculating now, but you could take it with you if you were staying overnight in Edinburgh for um, a rugby match in the future. It would be a perfect travel bag, I think, Ian. Yeah, but, you know, and it's going to have to be durable because obviously we don't know when that we're going to be allowed to travel again. Um, no, but it's, it's a good bit of kit. Uh, Oh, and they sent us the, the nose clippers as well. I was getting on to the, the nose clippers. That is, uh, those were very, very good, actually. And uh, I've, I've said a few times, can also be used for things such as your ears. If, like, some gentleman here, um, again, the irony of um, male grooming products for our very hirsute pod- podcast. We've not lost on us, but the, the nasal um, trimmer is very good for your ears as well if you happen to have kind of... I just had an itchy ear. I don't actually have hairy ears. Um, it's the only part of it that's not hairy. Well, I, I, I don't. Well, well, well apart from the, the <laughs> manscaped bits now. Thanks to Manscaped. Thanks to Manscaped, yes. So, um, as we've said before, me, both myself and Ian have, uh, have dabbled, have uh, enjoyed the sponsor's product. Uh, yes, driven. Test driven, yep. The uh, 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 has not. He is. He is so far. But you know, we will keep at him because you know we we've got access to this. But so do you. If you go to manscaped.com, you'll see on the banner down the bottom there all the details. But if you go to manscaped.com and enter the promo code SRP for Scottish Rugby Podcast, you can get yourself twenty percent off. Uh, of your order so you can go on there put your put your code in you also get free shipping so that's that's pretty good i mean shipping shipping can add quite a chunk onto these things so yeah get yourself over there uh check out the products they do very nice underwear as well the boxer shorts are top notch so srp put it in the discount code 20 percent off free shipping that's i mean it's as good as it's going to get and you know we are fast approaching the end of january but we will still use it new year new you new balls <laughs> that's the monster bit oh no no that's that no 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 <laughs> and it doesn't have to be on your balls either or you can tr- yeah. trim it as you like trim, trim so it's, it. it's the it's the official trimmer of the the ufc as well i believe 
That's it. Oh wow. Okay. Right, so it's an advert with your man. It's uh, Bruce Buffer. Right, it's Michael Buffer that does the Let's Get Ready to Rumble. Yes. Uh, and he's shouting at some guy who's using it on his just on his stomach. So, so you know it can be used on any part, but it's good for your knackers and all. <laughs> Safe. So I mean, we've had obviously there's a few. <laughs> There's a few few folks have been with us throughout this uh, journey that we've had and uh, the partnership we've had with Manscaped now for a wee while, and um, I think uh, you know we've 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 had a couple of comments. So Ross McDowell has has g- given us a got the swag, got the shaving bag, um, which you know I think that's a good tagline. I think uh, I love that. That's I think we can maybe use that. Uh, and um, Alan, friend of the pod, Alan, who was on a show a couple of weeks ago or just before Christmas with me, uh, said, don't think you can use normal beard trimmers downstairs. You turn the shower into the opening scene from Carrie. Um, See, yes. I, I knew somebody that said they used a Mac 3. Like, they, they trimmed it. I don't know how they trimmed it. I think it was scissors. And then they actually went like proper blade on it, which I think takes a lot of bravery. That's, I mean, that's bold. And uh, Diggio has has simply given us a, an ouch in response to Alan. So I think everyone's everyone's aware um, what we're Especially doing. If it, it's got a low battery. You know how it snags if you've got a low oh, battery. Oh, it's not good. Not, not, no, not good. Not good. So um, I kind of set, set the tone earlier on on our super secret, super duper Patreon uh, Facebook page um, with... The, the the guys to suggest it. I mean, the cats at a rave takeover here. Um, I'm kind of seeing this as a bit like GBX style. I was expecting some shout outs, some call-ins. Um, we've had we've had one already. Um, Kirk James has given me a kind of got a shout out in a song, with bits and pieces. Um, he said he was going to ask for castles in the sky, but you know. Um, don't you worry, Kirky boy. I'll get that on for you. Uh, um, sea shanty version. Sea sh- <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, so you can you uh, the banner's still going down the bottom there. It's worth noting before we get into any rugby because we normally spend about fifteen to twenty minutes talking nonsense beforehand. You can also subscribe to our Patreon page. We offer exclusive content. You can get even more of this top-class worldy chat uh, from uh, us on the Patreon page. If you pay £3 a month, which is less than the cost of, if the pubs were open, a pint, you can get access to the Richie Vernon Thunderdome. And that gets you exclusive content and gets you access to our lovely lovely doubly uh, Facebook page. And um, yeah, and I mean, you've obviously got the honour of of being in the Richie, Richie Vernon Thunderdome as well. But if you happen to be an absolute player and come in like with your dough and pay five pounds a month, you um, you go into the Doogie Donnelly member suite, and that entitles you to not only all the benefits of the Richie Vernon Thunderdome but you also get your name read out in the pod. Now, Cammy is not here to read your name out, and he is a secret squirrel when it comes to who has... I mean, I think GDPR might play a, play a part in that scene. You know, maybe he can't reveal the names of those people to us. Um, I don't know. That, that's your... Is that not your kind of... Yeah, you know, you're, you're techie. <laughs> you know these things. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, well, he hasn't revealed that if we have had any... Well, he'll need to, you know, take notes and exactly. um, give them a super special shout-out, possibly with a banner or two. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's fair. And, you know, maybe maybe if this goes well, which it inevitably won't, but maybe if it does, then Cammy will have to spend the first half hour of next week's episode or the, or the next time he's on, he'll have to spend the first half hour reading out the names. It'll be like a roll call from like the end of, uh, the, of Avengers Infinity War. Half an hour of names and half an hour of apologising for what we said. <laughs> yes, assuming we're even allowed on here anymore. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, there's been some really good Patreon content out there. Well, we think it's good. I mean, and people seem to want to pay money for it. So that's a that's a good thing. Um, and I'm getting some abuse from Rona uh, just now. I see on the comments, uh, he's not techie and he's just rel- relatively competent with Excel. I will take that from you, Rona Sweeting. I will accept relatively competent. I have not been called relatively competent at anything recently, so this is a good oh, thing. I, I couldn't even work it. I couldn't even remember how to do a simple ad formula in a column. <laughs> I, I did it manually. I just got a you know prop, pen and a bit of paper, properly <laughs> with my calculator on my phone. It's like right, carry that over. There we go. I should also make clear. Based on uh, last week's episode, where we did have, um, we had a lot of commentary on uh, the Bodine Hayes uh, drink choice. Actually, there seems to be a lot of fans out there for the old scrumpy. Um, he, he was sporting a very, very casual sort. Of, I was, I took it as being like you were channeling like a French nightclub, but also like your inner pirate. I thought it was, I thought it was a very bold statement from you. So, French nightclub, but not hopefully not the one from Irreversible. I suppose you know the sort of old farmers stereotypical thing with the flagging. Yeah, a bit bit pirate, <laughs> bit farmer. You know, it's, it's all good. I mean, and that's that's what we're looking for tonight. I am on uh, the the Audi Rheinbacher zero point zero beer, which uh, is is £2.49 for six. A very, very nice beer, just to say. Um, I am on commission from Aldi, so please uh, get in there. Ian, what is your... I've got uh, apple and blackcurrant juice. That's a, nice. That's is it, it. Did you not warm it up? No. Warm no. Really? Around a campfire. <laughs> Are we not? I was, I've got the guitars in the back. We could, we could make this we could make this a jam. Shall we talk about rugby? Let's do that. Let's talk about rugby. So we have had some news. Shall we start over? Uh, shall we start in the, the over the other side? To be fair, we will not. We will not be accused of Glasgow bias. Um, we'll, we'll start with them, uh, and they're big news. They're big it. news. Yes, I mean he is quite a big lad. Uh, he is a big lad. He's been with Edinburgh for quite a few years now, but Blair Kinghorn is the latest uh, Scotland international to re-sign over at the Big House. Um, he has signed another undisclosed contract length this time uh, because last week we thought we had we thought we had cracked the algorithm. We thought we had it. Um, we we worked out what one, two, three, four, twelve years was, but Blair Kinghorn has he's broken the mold, and I think he's. I think we worked out that the SRU were listening last week because there was a couple of examples, wasn't there? Um, 
the academy thing, and yeah. <laughs> this, yes, they've uh, they've discovered someone has leaked to them. Yeah, we have yep. an enigma machine. Uh, yes, we, we we are all sitting with our, our Stanley Tucci specs in the background, working out uh, the inner workings of the SRU's code. Um, so Blair Kinghorn has signed what is called an extended deal, which we are speculating will probably be a year, maybe two years. Um, he uh, continues with the Capital Club for um, for foreseeable future. Um, he, he's been there for years and he's racked up quite a few appearances, but... Again, is there an argument, Ian, that uh, would Kinghorn have been in demand elsewhere? I would think so. You know, he's an international player. He's, um, you know, he's he's probably had his best Scotland games out on the wing. Uh, so I'd imagine teams in England and France wouldn't wouldn't mind him certainly as as backup cover, and they know they can flog him um, like a horse yeah. before sending him back to us. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, I don't know. Is it an extension or is it just an extended deal? I'm trying to find the, the exact wording. Um, I, I reckon. I reckon it'll be, be for two, if it's an extended deal, I'd say two or three years. Two or three years, right? See, this is this is the thing. They just don't make it easy for us. And um, I know there was a bit of debate actually on a couple of a couple of pages as to you know whether whether it's justified. Whether the fans actually have a right to to know these things, and people are saying that in any other line of work, if you if you're a contractor, for example, you you don't necessarily go around your work telling people how long a contract you're on, um, and that tends to be quite privately like guarded in some ways. And you can you can almost see you can understand what they're doing, but it doesn't make it easy for amateurs like ourselves to kind of try and work out what what's actually going on yeah or to try and placate all the people who keep asking um <laughs> yeah no it's kind of like with the uh injuries um because i remember i think it was Connor murray quite famously yeah. didn't disclose uh how long his injury was for because like, look it's nobody else's business and it can you know it can affect contract talks because yep. you know if a club are thinking oh we might sign him how long is he out for? Oh no, wait, you'll miss a good chunk of the season or whatever. Um, so I can understand why fans are frustrated, but I suppose as well, like you said, you know, it protects the player, and also it means that any clubs that do come sniffing around, they might not know how long he's got left. So, you know, they'd maybe force their hand into offering some yep. a payout. Yep, yep. I think that's it, particularly in post-COVID times or, you know, well, COVID moving into post-COVID times, hopefully, I think obviously the, the level of finance that's involved in that is going to become more and more prevalent that clubs are trying to maximise revenue for their players. Um, and, and you know, as well, it's the, the, old, the old contract talks and things like that, as you say, you know, uh, agents, agents are clever beasts and they know what they're doing. Um, and it'll be in their best, in their clients' best interests, what what they what they do or don't reveal. So, well, anyway, good luck to Blair, and hopefully, in that was almost like quite neutral there. Did you see that? Like, I th- I think uh, there's a medal, a positive. <gasps> I know. I actually stopped myself. I was I was about to about to. Yeah, uh, I done well. Um, yeah, no. We have nice things. <laughs> So yeah, good luck to Blair and uh, wish wishing him well um, in terms of his future 
prospects at Edinburgh and hopefully he will have in this contract space learned to pass. Um, moving on. <laughs> we, can talk about, we, we, we can touch on that during the 1872 Cup review. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Johnny, Johnny, one of our one of our regulars has jumped on and said very diplomatic. I'll take that. That's a compliment. Thank you. I'm going to get the next bit after my wee, wee snide aside there. Shall we move quickly? We'll take uh, take our Fiat Punto across the MA uh, virtually because we're not allowed to do that just now. Let's uh, sail in our yellow Punto all the way across the M8 down to Scotston Stadium. Where will we start with the re-signing? Yes. Let's start with the re-signing, Yen. So, uh, Stan Johnson, Boris's dad. No, <laughs> no. So, we were we were we were joking actually when it was Sam Johnson, um, Scotland International Centre, has signed uh, signed on again at Glasgow again. Two years, uh, two year deal. Um, very. It's just a few years, wasn't it? Was it a few years? Yeah, that's a lot. This, this is no use. I really messed with the system. Oh, they thought we had it all broken, but no. monsters, absolute monsters, snakes. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, they are. Give the SRU their due in this instance. They are one step ahead of us here. They are. They are playing with us, toying with us, if you will. Anyway, Johnson has signed on again for an undisclosed period of time to um, to be part of the continuing Danny Wilson rebuild. Um, Happy enough with that, Ian? Yes, I've, I rate him. Um, I was a wee bit surprised. Well, he was cut from the Scotland squad, but we'll, we'll go on to that more in detail later. Um, not a good player. Uh, has all the all the things you want to see from an inside centre, really. Um, barring a kicking game, but actually I think he kicked a couple of times against France even. So yeah, a, he can do it. Uh, aye, so, you know, just unfortunately he's had a number of issues with injury, so... When you have seen the best of him, it's only been for short periods at a time. But hopefully, you know, he can get a good run of games going. Uh, Glasgow's form can pick up um, so we can see the very best of him as well. Yeah, I, th- I think that's absolutely fair. He is one of those players who, you know, when he first came to Scotland, he, oh, Ian's not even interested. Really. He's just wandering off. Uh, I'm going to have to talk to, to, to a wall now. <laughs> I was going to make a good point. Um, yeah, he was, I, was, I had my headphones in. I was just grabbing my batteries. I know, but it just looked like I was talking to the air. Um, yeah, I mean, he um, when he came over to Scotland at first, he was one of those those kind of unheralded guys. Kind of come over, didn't took a wee while to settle in. Um, but on his days, he's a very, 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 very good centre. Very good twelve um, offers something quite different to a lot of. Our 12 is quite an intelligent player. So he, um, yeah, as you say, he's, he's been, I think he has been really unlucky with injuries and I think his fitness has counted against him. But um, we will, we are we are pre, pre-ambling the, the Six Nations. We will get there in due course. Um, the other piece of news winging its way from, from Scotston is an actual in-the-flesh signing, a real Actual signing. It has happened, guys. We have signed a 10 and it isn't Duncan Weir. Um, that was obviously, you know, that's coming soon. That's coming soon. We'll, we'll cover that next year. But an actual 10 will join us for the rest of this season. Uh, Glasgow have joined, uh, have signed Ian Keatley, uh, who <laughs> most recently of Benetton. 
um, he was released from Benetton due to, um, I believe the term was inadequate performance uh, or unacceptable performance. <laughs> so um, that doesn't bode well, Ian, does it? I think that's just a bit of shade being thrown by... Uh... I've just called Benetton now. Yeah, they just go by Benetton now, I think. Don't they? If they're throwing shade, we'll just throw it back and give them... We'll uh, only give them one name. Yeah, you're, you're named after an old sweater company. <laughs> named after um, a, you're named after a jumper, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and you're no, you're no the sweater shop either. No. Um, no. Uh, nah, but I think he's... But he had nine, I think he's got nine caps for Ireland, and the yeah. last of them wasn't even that long ago, 2017. And obviously, he's been behind the likes of Sexton and uh, probably given his aid maybe a wee bit of uh, the end of O'Gara's career as well. Um, it's, he's not going, he's not like a dynamic Finn Russell esque kind of 10, but he's an experienced head, you know, he helped guide along the, the Thompson twins. Um, yeah, we'll wait and see. I mean, this one we do. <laughs> We do know the length of contract for this one. It's in, up until the end of the, the 2021 season, which could have already happened. Um, yes. <laughs> so we'll wait and see what happens with them. And it, for me, it was it was quite a strange one because obviously this so this has been on the rumor mill for probably a, a couple of weeks since we seen uh, seen the statement from Benetton saying I we've kicked him out and then there was kind of the but he's heading off to Glasgow so it's fine and we were all kind of like clamouring for a, at least someone who who wants a t- you know someone who can wear 10 that isn't going to miss kicks in front of the posts because I mean Ian Keighley for, for as you say he's a fairly he's not going to excite a back line but he he has scored a lot of points in the, the various kind of guises of the pro the pro X and third on the list, I believe. He is, yes, yes. He's got way over a th- well over a thousand points um, on on his record. So, um, and that's not like Dan Park's record because he's 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 got points in his record, but not not of the same variety. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he's an experienced head who's going to come in, but it seemed like an interesting shout, and it probably is quite indicative of Glasgow's recruitment strategy that we announced that deal just after Ross Thompson has made his full debut and got man of the match and played, by all stretches, a very, very good game of rugby. Um, so that probably, yeah. Is is it really a good move, though? Do we really need... Given that, right, the season's over. We know the season's over. It could actually be physically over as well as, you know, just kind of theoretically over. And... We're going to have to pay him something, I suppose. I mean, I guess he's not slave labour. Um, so could we not have just taken that money and kind of put it in a pot and kept it for next season? I don't know. Maybe there's injury concerns with, with the other Thompson. Um, but yeah, we are, we are sparsing the ground there because we know Horn's been out with concussion for quite some time. Yep. Uh, we've not had any kind of update on that and Hastings is, is goosed. Um, so yeah, it's... I, mean, I would like to think that he'll be more of a guide um, to Thompson with Thompson with the P uh, than the starting ten. Um, and obviously, you know, if if it needs, you know, if, if it needs game management and he's an experienced cool head, then he can step in. You know, uh, if if we try to see a game out. 
Um, nah, it's, it's worth a roll of the dice. You know, he's a free agent. Uh, obviously, he won't be free slave labour like you said, but he'll be pretty, but pretty cheap, I'd imagine. I know there's rules against this now, and it's. I mean, if we were on another podcast, we could lament those rules and and have a proper debate about those rules. But you know, it's uh, it's just yeah, we have to pay people. For... Do we? <laughs> yeah. Well, and Brexit, Britain. Let's not get political. Let's. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a few comments coming in about this, Ian. We've got, um, we've got um, again, Alan's jumped in. Alan's, uh, Alan's obviously following our utter nonsense <laughs> quite closely. Um, yes, we got an international t- 10 in a, a short-term deal. Um, I mean, there's an argument to say that, like, the range of defining what an international 10 is is the is it not the um, job of a marketing department to stretch the benefits of a deal to someone, whilst maybe not completely telling um, an accurate picture? I think to suggest that Keatley's an international ten, whilst he has played international rugby, he has not been an international ten for a whole long, long time. Only a couple of years, and like you said, you know, Ireland have got uh, they've they've had a good few few players in that position. That's why we are trying to poach one of their kids. Aye, <laughs> true. Which which true. hasn't worked. So you know, if we won't, if we can't steal their children, then we'll uh, we'll take their granddads. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. Um, there was suggestions that uh, Glasgow are continuing their. Um, I mean, I'm going to use strategy and then I'm going to come to this comment next, but Glasgow are continuing their strategy of actually replacing uh, Scotsdown with a sort of care home uh, for the elderly. And, uh, you know, we're we're actually setting up a retirement home. Um, It's going to be, you know, it's kind of like, you know, in clubs where you get like the the, the kind of over, the overs, it's the old guys and they play the social games. Maybe Glasgow's strategy is to kind of become a social team. Um, It's possible. could work out for us. It's like the um, the, that football masters tournament. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have like a yeah, we'll have so like... screw rugby X. Get get us a, <laughs> get, get, get a rugby masters tournament. Get a rugby masters. Well, that's not a bad shout. So we could have like so if you were to like, would it be sevens? Oh, I mean sevens with the the the, the old guys playing could be spectacular. Yeah. Keep defibs uh, sides of pitch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or what about uh, half pitch five sides? Half or, pitch five. five. Or, oh, uh, what's the pitch five sides? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, uh, up and downy. Right. That could be good. That could be good. So, I mean, if if the SRU want to poach that idea from us, um, we are going to we are going to copyright this and uh, you, intellectual property that is now our intellectual property you you cannot you cannot uh, steal it now um and if any ex-pros are interested in becoming um poster boys of our new format then do give us a shout um the reason i say strategy rona's again jumped in strategy you keep using that word i do not think it means what you think it means yes uh a very very good princess bride uh quote there thank you um ian is my andre the giant tonight so um a drink like andre the giant (laughs) (laughs) so let's move on let's move on we have talked nonsense enough let's move on to the uh 
the main event of um, the weekend, the 1872 Cup Part 2, took place at at a... Pretty chilly Scotston, having been rescheduled um, from a very chilly Scotston. But all in all, a very, very good match. A very, very good game of rugby, which fans were quite surprised about. Yeah, it was certainly entertaining. Um, low scoring in the first half. Um, but certainly, you know, once the, the George Turner get yellow card near the end of the, the half, you know, the floodgates kind of opened there. Um, and then... Second half, you know, it really was a sort of game of the second half was a game of two halves. So sort of Glasgow dominated the, the opening period, and then Edinburgh really came back in the second. But yeah, a lot better than than the last one certainly. Uh, a, a game of rugby actually broke out. Yeah, I, I, and I think there was a lot of um, there was a lot of calls after the the previous. Um, would we would we call it a snooze fest? I'm going to call it a snooze fest. That. You know, people were actually arguing that when the game got called off, that was a good outcome for you know for for both sets of fans. But I think you know it was really good to see players. Players seemed to be there was a game plan from both teams. Um, some basic skills were on show. There was a few decent attacking um, moves from both sides that resulted in in points. So um, very very pleased. Uh, very it was a very good game, and obviously. We are not shy about our allegiances uh, on this podcast. Um, both myself and Ian are of the better persuasion, classical persuasion. Uh, I don't know. Um, the train. Can we talk? Can we talk about the train? Yes. Let's talk about the train. Um, man of the match for Glasgow was. Um, so, those of you who have not seen it, I will. I will set the scene using my uh, using my descriptive way. Um, about 39 minutes have gone in the first half. Nick Groom um, has the ball. Just as a, a, a Scott Rail locomotive comes scooting past Scotston and promptly hoots its horn. Um, <laughs> Nick Groom, in his super rugby experience, um, thinks that this hooter might well be the final uh, final play of the, the half. And... After running, doing a very impressive little slalom back and forward, boots the ball out. Yeah, it's, um, thing like, uh, the the camera angle wasn't great when I watched it back today, but uh, Kinghorn's inside them. Now there isn't a clock up in that corner where he was looking, yep. and the only clock he would have been sort of blinded, uh, blindsided to. Um, but yeah, we've never used a hooter. He's yeah. been he's been here before. Um, yeah. <laughs> nobody uses a hooter. Uh, um, although oh, I think somebody said, I can't mean uh, a team in France. I think use actually use a train hooter. Do they? Know. Yeah. Um, but I uh, a wee bit of naivety. Yes. Surely the ref would have told him. Well, I thought he was shouting at the ref mm. as well. But it was one of those ones, you know, in the heat of the moment, you can't really, like, you know, yeah, you'll remember. Response. Yeah, yeah. So he's 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 made his decision. He's hoofed the ball out. Um, there's still about forty-five seconds left on the clock at this point. Um, he had a good giggle with the referee, though. They all had a they all had a laugh and a joke about it. But from Glasgow's possession, they they eventually uh, earned a penalty and knocked over the three points. Which, given that the end result, there was only a point in it. Um, 
you could, I mean, I'm not going to go as far as to say that Nick Groom cost Edinburgh the game, but, um, <laughs> I mean, it kind of did. The train driver won the game. Or, you the know, he, he, well, I mean, Van der Volk's kick was very difficult, but he had the chance to win the game. But you can't just stick it all on one man. Let's, let's be kind to him. Um, Where is this well, positivity uh, coming from? You he's, uh, no, he's, he's had a good laugh about it on Twitter. He's taken it in his stride. It was a, he won't make that mistake again. Although yeah. I think Glasgow should start using a hooter like a train sound just now to mess with him. Yeah, absolutely. Only for Edinburgh games, though. Like just intermittently, only for Edinburgh games, just to really mess it with them. Uh, we've had a had a suggestion of some training park shouts that might be coming his way. Who to who to and who to up the park shouted at him quite a few times. Yeah, I think that's that's clever. So well, thanks for that, Alistair. Um, so, I mean, from the the other the other thing to maybe talk about with regards to eighteen seventy two was at the end of the game. Um, as you say, Van der Vaal had a had a shot to um, convert Edinburgh's late try and take them into the lead. Um, Glasgow got the ball, but he obviously missed this, and Glasgow had a one-point lead, and they got the restart back, and then promptly began to play about two minutes extra rugby with the match in the bag. Now, people are... There was apparently some confusion in the Glasgow ranks as to the format of the 1872 Cup, with some people suggesting that there was even an expectation that it was only the best of, it was like a best of two, you know, yeah, set up. I thought it was going back to the old aggregate. Yeah, yeah, which is, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, right, the kind part of me wants to say that Rugby players are employed to go and play rugby. And we often talk about creating environments whereby they are facilitated to do their jobs well uh, and don't have to worry necessarily about those off-field distractions. However, uh, it has been fairly well publicised, the format of the 1872, by their employers. So I am surprised at that. Um, and can you imagine what would happen if Glasgow had turned the ball over and lost that game? Uh, they haskled it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you think somebody at least would be on the sideline, even if you think there would be communication between the players on the pitch and the bench as to what the best thing to do is. Um, but, you know, some of the players have apparently said, and uh, I think it was maybe in the Times, it was behind a paywall, um, that yeah, they, they believed that the game was it was over the, the two-leg aggregate. Uh, so, yeah, so if, if, say, Ross Thompson had scudded the post with his last kick attempt, Edinburgh got a lucky bounce and you know, ran it up the field, unlikely as it was. Yep. Um, yeah, it could really have screwed things over. But um, oh, it's, it got sorted in the end, and we'll see if Game 3 actually does happen. Well, that's the other thing, isn't it? So um, we're obviously all very hopeful that... Um, that we get a third. I mean, I, at this rate, I think we may well end up with a situation where we <laughs> we end up playing Edinburgh more than three times this season um, because I don't think we're going to get much international travel. And obviously, we've talked before about the potential that Six Nations might well, there might well be restrictions on teams coming to the UK. So, um, 
we could potentially face or face a situation where we're, we're having to play within our own borders. Um, so we might be having it. Might be like in American sports, they do like the playoff series, like like in baseball and stuff like that. They play like seven games, don't they? Yeah. So we could we could maybe get a seven gamer against Edinburgh. When was the, the first one of the end of last season? Was that the end of August or start of September? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, we, so yeah. That's, that's the fourth game in fourth, like four, four or five four months. months. Fourth game in four months. So, well, you know, at least it keeps them, keeps them out of the house. Keeps them out the house. A game, a game a month keeps um, keeps something at bay. That's I don't know. Away. Keeps the COVID away. There you go. A game a month keeps the COVID away. I'm not sure that's accurate. Do not quote us on that. We are yeah, not medical doctors. No, no. That will come as no surprise to everybody that's listening. Uh, when was the last time you heard a doctor with an accent like this? Um, so, yeah. Um, There'll be classes, John. Well, that's true. Yes, I know. I know. So woke. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, overall, Positives to take from the game. Um, some, some. I think we'll, we'll sort of segue into the Scotland squad quite soon. But I think again, one of the huge positives that I took away from the game was the continued resurgence. And can you call two games a resurgence? Why not? Of the big Richie Gray, big, big, big Nevis himself. Indeed, we do. Um, we know he's a class act, but we know he's also a oh, that's a strange. He's also a glass act because he. Oh. Yeah. Um, no, again, he was a real line out menace. Uh, he pinched one right near the the line for Glasgow. Although Rory Sutherland ended up taking uh, Lee Jones over the line for a five meters scrum, but it, was, you know, it just shows what he can bring. Um, and even when I'd spoken to George Turner last week, you know, I asked, you know, does that make life easier? He's like, absolutely. So I can do absolutely crap throws and he'll just <laughs> arch his back, back and then just pluck out the sky. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, we've uh, speaking of George Turner, he's now probably first choice Scotland. Um, Scotland took her with McAnally and Brown out. Uh, again, he was very good. Uh, he, he did his usual scoring off the back of a mall. Yep. Uh, Scotland have obviously used great effect. So, you know, he's he's prone that he's, uh, you know, he can fit into that game plan. Was it a hat trick against Russia? Did he get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canada. Canada, well, it, was, it wasn't Russia because Hornito scored like about forty tries against Russia, yeah. didn't he? Well, he should have had four, but one got cut off. Yeah, and that was uh, that was like the best one of the lot as well. It was a good few tries. And he said it was forward. Yeah. Never yeah. forward. No, Just a sympathy no. vote that one. Absolutely, but yeah, no, I, I think Turner's an Turner's an interesting one. I heard. Um, so I read, I believe it was Fraser Brown was talking about Turner and saying, obviously, you know, because again, the, the likelihood is he is um, because of injuries to uh, to McAnally and Fraser Brown that it's likely Turner's next the next cab off the rank. Um, and Fraser was saying that he's obviously working quite hard on his on his set piece, and you know, he carries the ball like none of the other guys. He is an absolute wrecking ball, um, as we will attest to when we were down in sale and he was running like a centre, I believe uh, was the was the description of him. Um so he's he's got a lot of the raw attributes to be 
a very, very good hooker for Scotland. Um, there was suggestions that his set piece has been, you know, obviously, you know, you're, you're picking out that he's saying I can, I can do crap throws and Richie gets them. But ideally, and if George is listening, I'm just like, this is my professional feedback. Could you not do crap throws? That would be fine. Uh, <laughs> just give it a try. It might work out for you. Um, and there has been some concerns about scrummaging because he is a wee bit, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of slightly different to the other two. Um, but again, I believe, is Turner a, another converted back row? Yeah, he could also um, sort of flip, fit in at seven. Um, I don't know. Well, I just have a plethora of decent back rows. It's, it's like, right, you're not quite as good as this guy. Do you want to be a hooker? There you are. <laughs> Caught in the McDonald's yeah, diet. Let's this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. It's, it's funny. I remember watching... Um, I was down at Bishopton actually, and I remember watching one of the one of the guys, and he he was a back row, and he was getting asked to convert to play hooker, uh, much the same. I think it is it is quite a popular move because of the probably the different role of the hooker now, to kind of be that that menace at the breakdown, and uh, they had set up a big, uh, there was like a big hoop tied to the post, and he had to basically just throw the ball consistently through the hoop over and over and over, uh, and. But it was weird because they they didn't take the hoop off for game day, so like you're so you're like looking at the post. Like, so if you're kicking at the post, you're looking, and there's like obviously your posts. But then you've got this strange appendage on on the side of the post as well. It's like, hmm, this is weird. To really confuse the opposition, you should have played dolphin noises through the tunnel. <laughs> Here or not. <laughs> yes, I have some beach balls on the side as well, just to really mess with them. So, I think we've we've actually naturally um, moved into the Scotland announcement of the Scotland squad for the Six Nations. Um, slightly extended squad as expected. I would imagine um, that the situation will be similar to the autumn, whereby both the pro clubs. Pardon me, both the pro clubs find themselves um, without those players for the duration of the tournament, however long that may be. Um, so what we just we'll go through the squads, Ian. There's a, a number of surprises, number of new faces in here as well, um, which both due to kind of um, choice and uh, injury. So we'll start with the forwards. So. Um, we've got Ewan Ashman has been called up. Um, a under under 20s prospect was was uh, very 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 highly rated. He's down at Sale, um, so he's he's coming in to fill a slot at hooker. Um, we've got Simon Bergen, David Cherry gets a call up from Edinburgh as well. He's he's been on decent form for them, and again has. Is Scots Scots qualified? So therefore, if you are a Scots qualified hooker, you probably got a call up today. Um, we've got Alex Craig gets another call up from Gloucester. Uh, Scott Cummings is there. Alan Dell is back in the fold, uh, having missed out in the autumn. Um, Matt Fagerson and Xander Fagerson. Gary Graham gets a reward for his um, sensational form at, at Newcastle. Uh, have you seen much of him? Uh, I've only seen. One game, the end of one game, and like a highlights package. But yeah, he's uh, he's certainly putting his hand up for that troublesome number eight jersey. Um, he's been pretty bullish, and uh, he's sporting a Josh Strouser these oh, days. 
Well, I've called him in the the squad announcement article. I've called him the, the beard to be feared, Mark Two. Oh well, there um, you go. Because it's it's a ferocious beard, and he is, uh, like I said, he's he's that bit of dodge that we've maybe been looking for. I did you just use the bit of bit of dodge? Did you just because my hands in the rock not that long ago was that phrase? So Excellent. you oh well, sorry, I just have done air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's always looking for that bit of dog. They are, yeah, I know. It's such a strange phrase. Anyway, moving on. Um, Grant Gilchrist and is in there. Johnny Gray, Richie Gray makes his return, as we've mentioned. Uh, we have got Ollie Kebo, Willem Nell, or VP. Um, I don't know why. We, why Why did they go back to Willem? Does he like that? I don't know. Because it, it kind of varies, doesn't it? Hmm, I mean, to, to read it, uh, in the uh, English language would be W, but apparently it might be pronounced V. I, I don't know. In in the Afrikaans, yeah. Uh, um, if that's what he wants, and if that's what everyone else is doing, we'll we'll do it too. We'll do it too. Exactly. That's what they went. Falato went from Toby to to Lupi. Yeah. Lupi now that's fine. Yeah. No, I think that's that's absolutely fine, and we we have no problem with uh with that whatsoever so we also have jimmy ritchie uh fresh from signing a um a contract for 17 years over at edinburgh um grant stewart another scottish hooker coming into the squad he's obviously he's been in and around the squads but it's for me it's telling that you know based on what we've seen so far right george turner's your your number one hooker and then grant stewart's probably the second most he's obviously the second most experienced at international level. So, but that means we're going into the Six Nations with Grant Stewart as our second choice hooker. Which, no disrespect to Grant Stewart, that is problematic. Yeah, it's a bit of a drop off from you know Rambo and Brown. Yep. Uh, you know, because one of them is usually second choice. Um, again, there's been problems with arrows. It's not always on hookers, but you know. If there's one, it's a common denominator. Um, you know, he's he's extremely quick. He's good, uh, good around the, the field. But you know, he, the set piece is obviously going to be a bit of an issue, especially because he's not had that much top class experience at say like scrummaging as well. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not ideal. But you know, if these players aren't going to going to learn uh, unless they. You know, they're in and around experience, guys. Yeah, we'll refer back to. I think that I think the only phrase we can use really for this situation is again back to Alan's point earlier on regarding appendages and uh, uh, and uh, and putting putting stuff out of your appendages. Um, so um, last couple of forwards, we've got um, Rory Sutherland, um, who again was looking very very meaty. Uh, this weekend, he's he's looking very tank-like. Um, we've got everyone's favourite Lego man, Wade Thompson, uh, George Turner, and the the Mish himself. So, uh, what are we happy with that? There's a couple of kind of uh, a couple of names kind of stand out as not being there. The obvious one being, uh, and and Gavin Gavin Brokey's kind of highlighted this. Um, the obvious omission is Sam Skinner, who we'd maybe have expected to be in there, but is there is that a good bunch of forwards and would you have expected something else? Well, 
regarding Skinner, I just before we came on air, I saw a quick uh, so Scottish rugby Twitter, um, a quick video with Gregor Townsend, and there is a little bit of a sort of concern about players possibly going back to their clubs and going out the bubble. So I think that's counted against Skinner. Um, I'm quite surprised at the the split amongst the forwards because you've got five locks and only five back rows. Um, yep. I have these written down. You've got Craig, Gilchrist, the Grey Boys, and Cummings, um, who are all naturally locks. And yep. you know you can't imagine Richie Gray doing a shift at you know open side, can you? Um, and then in the back row, you've only got Richie Watson, Graham. Uh, Matt Fagerson and Blade Thompson. Um, yep. So it's it's a bit of an odd one, especially because Skinner can do sort of five and six. Uh, sorry, well, anywhere in the second row and six. Yeah. Um, or also, he's been tipped to be an eight by Rob Baxter. Uh, so I wonder if we'll maybe see someone like, could, could they move Cummings into the back row? <laughs> Alex Craig, could Alex Craig do a shift at six? If somebody well, down, it's... It is, it's strange, isn't it? Because Townsend has always, like, throughout his tenure as Scotland coach, he's always had at least one of those hybrid um, back back row lock covers. You know, you've you've and even at Glasgow, he was the same. You always you always had a a Swinson or a Harley kicking about who could always go and cover the back row, and you would always have at least one back row who was a decent line out option who could come in to to lock is i think that there's an there is an element of obviously picking based on potential restrictions but i don't think that's necessarily a good idea um because you're kind of it's always better to pick and then worry about it afterwards as opposed to not pick and then regret your decisions i suppose um, but none of those, none of those locks, as you say, none of those locks really, from what I know about them, um, and obviously we don't see them day in, day out in training, um, none of them strike me as potential back rows, aside from, again, Cummings, Cummings is the, the guy who kind of jumps out, but he's been, I mean, arguably first choice lock for, for, for the last, last while, uh, so. not started the last 13. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I mean, we've got a couple, couple of shouts. We've got kind of the idea of uh, Scott Cummings for eight. Um, could be, could be interesting. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, I'd, I'd say six because if you know eight, you're usually like going to field some cricks, and he's yep. not. I don't think he can build up the head of steam really. Or he's, has he got the? He's not got the peak and offloads. No, um, I mean he just. I I would be um, from having watched Scott Cummings from a quite a young age at Glasgow. I would be concerned watching Scott Cummings take a, a kick off and then go charging into contact, a la all the other international HCC doing that. I would be a bit worried about that because that would that would I would be expecting the sort of twilight zone to open up at that point and weird things to happen. And also, do we know the extent of his injury? Because he took a, took a bit of a sore one. Yeah, he did. He took a very big, very big dunt. And there was, from what we know, and again, this is, you know, just, just kind of what we've heard, um, he apparently failed in HIA after the game, which um, 
we can't, you know, we, we don't have confirmation of that. That's kind of just what we've heard. But I, I was a bit, I mean, it was a huge impact and he was obviously straight away, he was in a bit of bother. Um, so we'll see how he kind of comes through. But I think Townsend's been quite, he has been quite strict on fitness with a squad by the looks of it. Uh, and we'll possibly touch on some of that once we, we kind of get into the, the backs. But um... <laughs> talking of field HIAs, <laughs> I think Ross Ross is needing an HIA. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, dear, yeah. Some someone, if uh, if someone could sort out uh, Ross for an HIA, tell me what day it is, Ross, and and you know how how many fingers. Um, Sorry, well, for, for the listeners, Ross has commented Cummings wouldn't run into contact though he'd kick for touch. Yeah, and everyone knows that having... Did you see Ty Burns kick the other week? No, I didn't. didn't. Uh, was it the European game? No, I think they were playing Pro 14. Uh, so he's in his own 22. It's like a 60 metre spiral. <laughs> right down the pitch, then he's chasing after it. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right, we, need, we need to breed our locks and back rows into booting the ball better. <laughs> I, I think. Well, I think there's there's maybe an element of culture coming through there, and uh, it will come as a surprise to some um, part time listeners of the podcast that some of us have actually spent time at rugby clubs, um, and having played in both the backs and the back row I know that there is strict rules in Scotland regarding back rows and forwards in general kicking the ball uh, in that if you wish in any way to be drinking something very nasty after the game and having a tag attributed to you regarding what you are for that day um, as a back row if you kick the ball you are pretty guaranteed to get that Um, so I think that there's maybe we need to implement a culture change in Scottish rugby to allow back rows to kick the ball. This is our new campaign. We've had World Cup songs. We've had... Um, it's good enough for John Eels. It's good enough for... Exactly. I, exactly. Was it Eric Elwood, old Irish kicker? Was he not a back row as well? Was that his I think name? he was, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So... The number six on his jersey. Yep. Yep. So, yep. It's um, It's okay. I think I think we just need to make it clear to everyone it's okay. You can do it. Believe in yourself. Yeah, you got guys. This other motivational fish. Just because you just because you wear a single digit number and are over five foot three doesn't mean you can't kick the ball. It's okay. Just do it. Okay. Shall we move on to the backs? The guys who are meant yeah. to kick the ball. Let's right. move on to the backs. So there's not a lot of them. No, no. Um, Townsend's making it quite clear where he's going with this, I think. But um, we have Darcy Graham, um, the the irreplaceable Chris Harris, who I'm expecting to start every game and possibly be, you know, if uh, a future captain of Scotland at this rate, and given what's given Townsend's love for him. Uh, we have the current captain, Stuart Hogg. Uh, Hugh Jones has made, uh, you know, having sneaked into the Autumn Nations squad, he has made a, a welcome return. Um, and I was doing a little, we'll get through the rest of the names and then...
Kinghorn. He's he's uh, in there. James Lang, um, freshly signed for Edinburgh. Um, he will be there. Having he was again part of the Autumn Nations squads. I think or he played the warm ups and then was possibly injured. I think he was um, in the sort of extended squad. I just don't think he saw a lot. Of, he didn't. He certainly didn't play any of the sort of the big matches. Yeah, he played against Georgia. He played Georgia game, yeah, definitely. Um, So, Sean Maitland is back as well. We've got uh, uh, Sleepy Sean coming back. And then, uh, like, out of nowhere, Byron McGuigan, which um, when I was reading the squad, I had to double check that I wasn't reading a squad list from like four years ago just to be, just, you know, is Byron McGuigan this series Blair Cowan? That's that's what I'm throwing out there. Um, wild card shout from Townsend. Uh, so we have um, rest of the rest of the backs. We've Ali Price. Um, we have Finn Russell. We have Scott Steele. We have Duncan Taylor. Scott Steele should be noted as one of only two scrum halves uh, in in the squad. Uh, we have Duncan Taylor, which we've we've already like earlier on today, today, and we in our super super secret. Uh, chat had a bit of a debate about the Duncan Taylor pick and again injured at the weekend. Yep, failed an HIE um, just before half time uh, at Saracen's warm up match against the Elian Trailfinders. Uh, but he's one of the few 12, well, options at 12. Um, I suppose he can cover a multitude of positions as well, but. Mm. Bit of an yes. odd it's such a small squad to pick somebody who's might not make any of the games because he's had some issues with concussion before. Yeah, he was, he was out for the best part of a year with concussion before, and I mean we've talked we've talked a lot about Duncan Taylor, and on his day he is he is the definition of a Rolls Royce player. He is just a class act, but he is also made of like not even like you know how you get. Like, see on your phone, you know how you get like all this gorilla glass, you know, smash proof glass that isn't really smash proof, but it just means that, you know, they charge you an extra hundred quid for it and then you drop it and you have to get it upgraded anyway. Duncan Taylor isn't even that. He is like, if you were to go back to the very first smartphone that if you were so much as to look at it the wrong way, the glass would smash. Um, That's the type of glass Duncan Taylor is. He is perpetually injured and it just we were saying is it time to give up on him that's that that's the question and i feel bad for the guy but yes we can't really afford to carry him yeah because he's, he's 32 he's not going to make the next world cup if you wouldn't think yeah uh, and even if he did he'd probably get injured um whereas sam johnson who's just signed the new contract and we talked about before uh, he's completely omitted when he's been first choice 12 barring injuries uh, for a good while um, some interesting calls in there and you know, take, Taylor's coming out of a, an English bubble him and Maitland are coming out there although I don't think the, the English Championship starts for another couple of weeks No, um, so he's not going to miss any competitive games but again this is a guy who's now playing second tier rugby um, and is always broken so is it time to put him to pasture and play Langs and Johnson and all that. Yeah, start getting a bit more time as well. 
just while we're on the subject of Duncan Taylor, and obviously you've mentioned the Ealing Trailfinders game, can we just all have a wee giggle that Saracens managed to lose that game? That is, um, I, I loved Ealing's tweet, which was the picture of the the the, the kind of picture of the pitch and the the final score and just scenes. Um, it was really nice. I think not the ones that everybody's second favourite team. <laughs> team. Yeah, I mean, I do, yeah, Saris are not going to get much love down there, are they? No, I very much doubt they will. Um, no. It'll be interesting to see if if they have to postpone the the, uh, the Premiership season. There's talk about this is all just rumours uh, about ring fencing it for a Yeah, year. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have to stay. Although I'm sure they'd make some kind of discrepancy to allow them back up. Yeah, that's fine. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure Nigel will find a find a way just to make sure that um, his boys are looked after. He knows a loophole or two, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. We should be very, very clear oh, that allegedly, <laughs> <laughs> completely and utterly proven. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, last few backs, we've got Jaco van der Volt, um, and we've got Duhan van der Merwe. Um, I have omitted one name from that list because I thought this young gentleman probably deserves um, a, a mention all of his own and we will no doubt have something to say about this. Um, Mr Cameron Redpath um, has been mm. called up. He, um, Cameron of, of, of Bath currently, has uh, accepted a call-up to the Scotland Six Nations squad, having previously stated on a number of occasions um, that he had uh, basically had declared for England um, and had been called up for a squad, but had to pull out by, uh, I think he was injured. He got, got uh, injured injury, yeah. and had to pull out of a squad. So Cameron has, uh, obviously Cameron Redpath is son of uh, Brian Redpath from from Scotland Scrum Half. Uh, Cammy grew up in France, I believe, France and England, um, and has stated in the past that he feels English. He, he's said he, he's, he's basically said he's English, and it opens up a wee... There, I know there was there was a bit of an interesting debate earlier on, because essentially, let's let, let's not beat around the bush here, right? Cameron Redpath's a residency player, right? He, he has residency from, I believe, from his schooling in Scotland, um, and he has taken a path whereby he had committed to an international team and then it didn't quite work out and now he's kind of probably a bit on the periphery of that England squad and he's been offered an opportunity to go and play international rugby elsewhere and he has taken that opportunity. Now, I would be very surprised if the outcry from the Scottish rugby fans is nearly as bad as, say, Mr. Van der Merwe getting capped and then going off to Worcester. Yes, uh, a lot of opinion is that, well, people had been shouting for red pass inclusion and it was a disgrace there. SRU had let him go, but like you said, and as had been widely reported, he. You know, he declared basically for England that he wanted to play for England. Um, well, I don't know, maybe his dad's had a word because his, his dad was one of my favourite um, players. If I was playing all-time Scotland 15, I'd maybe chuck him in at nine. Um, 
but yeah, if maybe Redpath is seeing his path, though sort of, I, I don't like using the same word there, but uh, yeah, his uh, possible um, chance at playing 12 for England is cut off by the likes of, well, Farrell's usually playing there with George yep. Ford at 10. Uh, to Lange, um, I think Slade can cover both 12 and 13, although he's probably better at 13. Um, I, I don't know what's changed with him, but if you know if someone's convinced him and he is in damn good form, uh, let's see what he does. Um, you know, but it's, I think he's is his mum Scottish as well. Um, I I don't actually know, I know his Dion. Um, I don't know his his background um, much actually. Um, so do you know scary? He was nearly born in the year two thousand. I know, I know. It's quite quite <laughs> spectacular, isn't it? Um, yep, Iona Ballantyne would love. Oh, so that's not that's uh, yep no. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's, the, it's the the honest and humble answer. I don't know. Um, but Red not Path that it matters. On him. What's that? Redpath and Tony have teamed up on him. They have. Yeah. It's like back in the pump when they've been like, come on, son. The, the old nine ten combo is uh, uh, has worked its magic on him. So I mean, I think I think there's there's an argument to say that. Um, I think he's a very, very good addition to the squad, and I think it's it's good that we've managed to secure him. And actually, um, if we remember, Gary Graham was the same. He was he was in a, a similar situation of uh, Mister Mister Jones, um, sort of being <sighs> playing games. Let's say playing games with people's hearts, um, which I think is a, a lyric from from. A song somewhere, probably by some absolute nonsense pop band. Um, so I, th- I think it's really good that we've we've secured him, and he's a top he's, he's a top class prospect. And again, thinking of the way what we've always complained that we maybe just don't have that level of creativity at twelve. That um, you know, obviously with Finn running things from ten, but it's often quite good just to you know when he does one of his silly things let's say um and decides to show and go and try and break a hole through something and you know we're then relying on maybe hog to step in as first receiver and i think that has in some ways blunted hogs attacking potential and that he's no longer he's not he's not able to kind of run off that second ball and kind of get get on the ball further out the line he, he's then been relied for distribution which having another 12 who can play a bit um could could help that yeah one of the, i was watching um the, the bath was game earlier because he'd extremely high scoring match uh where he, he got himself another try because i thought i'd seen him playing against leicester where he scored a, a good finish from close range he managed to bounce off a couple of tackles and pirouette through and get down uh, and then I guess Wasps, he's shown the other side of his game. He's, you know, taken it flat, um, evaded one tackle, then swerved round, uh, I think it was Jacob Umanga. He beat him in a foot race. So, uh, you know, he, he seems to have all the attacking talents. Yep. And seeing as Harris, it's quite weird with Harris because we see him as a defensive player. And, you know, he's probably just asked to hold back a wee bit. But yep. I mean, a couple of years ago, he scored a lot of tries with Newcastle. Um, he did, yeah, yeah. And I've seen him, you know, break the line with Gloucester, but maybe he's been asked to, to be a bit more restrained 
which is then you know, Johnson isn't the fastest, for example. Yeah, and he's uh, he has a good passer as well, um, but he can't attack the line as much, I suppose. Uh, so yeah, this may be a chance to inject a bit of pace into proceedings off of a Finn Russell. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely. You know, that seems to be a a deliberate ploy, and I think that's probably telling in in terms of the backs that have been picked. Um, there's there's a type to it, um, and this is probably where I come back to Mr. Jones, who we we mentioned earlier on. Now, we've got from my count centres wise, you've got. Um, Cammy Redpath, who we believe is being touted as a twelve, that, that you know that's what all the indications seem to be suggesting. We've got James Lang, who is a, has said he's signed for for Edinburgh to concentrate on being a centre, so he he's wanting to play twelve. You've got Duncan Taylor, who is predominantly a twelve now, but you could argue he has covered thirteen in the past very effectively. Um, is you know. 32-year-old, 13, I don't know, could be interesting, but I would see him probably still predominantly as a 12, which then leaves you with Harris at 13, which, you know, we think Chris Harris' first choice, that's fine. But could we, we we could theoretically see the return of Hugh Jones to 13 in a Scotland shirt very, very soon, um, because there's no other options. Yeah, well, in the SRU release, I think they they have said that he's a centre. Right. Okay. Will be. I, I think. I think Harris will. You know, he's incumbent at thirteen, so I think he will stay in that jersey yep. and, unless he gets injured. With Jones offering, um, you know, cover off the bench because we obviously know he's he's now a converted fullback, um, and he's he played in the wing for the Stormers a couple of times. Yep. Um, but yeah, does uh, Rory Hutchinson has been left out? That's he has. Yep. A ball playing twelve. Although again, you can see him in the thirteen shirt, but. I think there was rumours about injury with Hutchinson. Oh, was right. Uh, so suggestions of injury, but um, again, this so this is part of the. I think part of the press release, you know, obviously they've indicated who's been picked, and they've said that, that you know a couple of the younger guys have been called up to train with the squad as well. Um, so Jamie, J, Jamie Dobby, um, oh, I've not got it in front of me actually, but. McLean, I think Rufus McLean has been called up and uh, Rory Darge. Or, is it Rory? Is that right? Did I get that right? Yeah. yeah. Go. Hey, go for me. Yeah. I don't know. So I was I was debating between Ross and Rory and I mean similar names. There's so many Rory's in Scottish rugby. You know, that's so it's, it's, just like two Rory Jacksons in the under 20s, I think. There is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, he, we've got a few players kind of being called up to train with the squad, but yeah, um, there's been no mention kind of of injuries, and that's it makes it a bit more difficult for again for analysis of the squad because, and you know yourself, Ian, as as um, as a um, admin on a, a fairly busy Facebook page, this time of year tends to be the where is this player debate. And strangely enough, um, the the usual ca- candidate for this type of thing is the Where's Duncan Weir. And having 
having cut his hair and had his had his uh, return to the, the to the glory of the Scotland jersey at ten, he has unceremoniously been absolutely papped out the squads again. Well, it's usually a Townsend usually picks a squad like forty one or forty two for these things, but they've had to obviously trim a lot of fat. Um, although then they picked twenty forwards. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all the forwards out there. Don't don't send us letters. Um, is it a surprise? I mean, the thing is, though, right, we're now looking third choice 10 will be hog. Right? Uh, if something happens to Finn Russell, please yep. all pray for, pray for Finn. Hashtag pray um, for Finn. Then Van der Vaux, obviously the next option. Uh, yep. Lang, but, you know, I think they would actually... They'd put Hogg in there first. Yeah. So Lang's probably not going to start. He'd be bench cover, and there might be someone else. To, you know, it depends on. Yeah. It's probably horses for courses. Um, but I know Duncan Weir, even though he's now going to be back in in Scotland. Uh, yep. I mean, it's well. I think you'd said last week. Um, he's he's just below tier test level, and I think yep. you know I think that's evident with his omission here. Yeah, because I mean, like, yes, Finn Russell's back, okay, so that in itself brings, and Jaco, Jaco van der Waal is qualified now, so there's, you know, there's two players returning, but you could, you could make an argument for, I mean, Duncan Weir, when he came in over the autumn, I mean, he didn't, didn't exactly set anything alight, but also he didn't set fire to the place, so that's, that was that was okay. Um, so I, I mean, I was surprised he wasn't named. Actually, I'll be honest. I was surprised he wasn't named in the squad, even from a from a kind of just having a few bodies around the camp, and particularly, you know, your point regarding the English players. If you can get them up to camp quite early and get that first few weeks of training, um, then could be useful. But yeah, no, no Duncan Weir. So. Um, will be no doubt waiting on him coming back up to Scotston. I think they could have cut. I mean, we're surprised about McGuigan being in. You look at, there's enough wing cover because it's going to be Darcy and Doohan, you'd imagine. Yep. Or, or, like, Doohan's going to start, we know that. Then it's Darcy or Maitland. And then you've also got Kinghorn who can cover wing because he's not going to be starting at 15, it'll be Hawk. Yep. Uh, yep. Sorry, says Hugh Jones and Duncan Taylor. So you're kind of like, do, do we really need Brian McGuigan? Could we not take another one half or a Require. Um, well, she yeah. has been mentioned, but again with the Exeter thing, they, well, they might call him back if he's not getting used in a match day twenty-three. Yeah, um, I think there's had to be a lot of compromise made. Uh, I think I think that clip I was watching that's probably from an SRU podcast, so you can probably get official stuff from Tony tomorrow, and yep. it will just back up our expert claims right here. Expert claims. That's right. Uh, that's that's a bold statement in itself. Votes um, again. Yeah, I. So I mean, yeah, like you've got, as you say, you've got Hog, Hog at fullback, Hugh Jones at fullback, Blair Kinghorn potentially at fullback, Byron McGuigan at fullback, and then Duncan Taylor at fullback. Maitland played fullback. Maitland scored. Maitland at fullback. Yeah. So basically, we've picked. A couple of tens, a couple of nines, and loads of fullbacks and Chris Harris. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's bold. That is bold, and that's okay. Cool. Let's see how this pans out. <laughs> hmm. 
Yeah. So, um, any other any anything else for anything else? I know there's been chat about Mark Bennett hasn't made his way. I don't understand the clamour for Mark Bennett. I was surprised he got man in the match the other the other day, or a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I I didn't write a report, but I think I I was going to give it to Watson if anyone because Watson's always class. Um. Yeah, I I wouldn't say he's not the as dynamic as he was, you know, when he was Young Player of the Year nominee. Yep. Yep. Um, he's always had all these injury problems. Is he in good enough form for him to, to claim ahead for the squad? No, he's not in as good form as, say, Hugh Jones. Um, the one I would I was not surprised by, to be honest, Magnus Bradbury. Yep. He's just, he just disappears. I, I forgot he was playing for most of the game against yep. Glasgow. Um then somebody tried to say that him and Matt Fagerson don't get involved enough. Like Matt Fagerson, I think top to carry Karen. Yeah, I don't think you can't say that Matt Fagerson doesn't go looking for work the way that Bradbury doesn't. No, there, no, there's definitely. A, I, I, I don't compare. So the only, the only comparison you make with Magnus Bradbury and, and uh, Matt Fagerson is the number on their shirt. They're two very different players. And you know, right? I've, I've given Bradbury a hard time on here like I have most Edinburgh players to be fair but uh, you know and that's I do it in jest kind of sometimes but you know um, there's normally an element of uh, there's a grain of truth quite often to uh, you know a a seedling of truth to my uh, to my comedic um, ribbing a mighty acorn grows Yeah, we need to get some Romanian uh, rugby players on here. Could be we'll get some some mighty oaks on here. Uh, but yes, Magnus Bradbury. Bradbury's a player who, if we remember back to his initial days with the Scotland squad, was sent away from the Scotland squad with a remit to increase his work rate. He was he's been told by coaches throughout his career that having. <laughs> Having all the physical attributes is not enough, and I think he's a, I think he's got the potential to be a very talented player, but he's not <laughs> a kid anymore. The days of him falling over drunk and losing the Edinburgh camp to say that is a long time ago now. He's not a kid. At some point, you have to start to say, well, you know what, you had all the potential in the world, and you know what, you just didn't work hard enough, and I fear. That Magnus Bradbury is going to be going down that route, down the Adamash route. Well, that's yeah, exactly. That's a perfect example. Um, Ash, there was elements of you know Ash's Ash's fitness wasn't quite there, and you know you you can you can argue there's there's injuries and things like that do come into it, and I think that's the thing. Bradbury has had injuries, but when he's fit, you know you see players who who are injury prone and when they're fit they are absolutely champing at the bit to be involved and the i'm thinking of like guys like simone favaro when he was at glasgow you know absolute like liability john hardy there's a, a great scottish example completely and utterly guaranteed to go and smash himself into someone and and fall down but he would he, you know, he, there's no doubting his work rate, and Bradbury just you just never get that from him. No, I mean, especially you know, when Edinburgh have had so many players away during the Op Nations Cup, 
you know, you've, you've been with them up and when I've watched Edinburgh a couple of times, I've seen them getting absolutely hoarse. Like they got a doing off the Ulster. Yep. I, was a issue. I think he gave away about four or five penalties. Um, and, you know, like you said, you know, we've been expecting this great player to come along. Where is it? It's not there. It's consistency isn't there enough. No, I think that's absolutely fair. So let's let's put our so let's put our uh, predictive hats on for just a wee second. How are we? Um, how are we going to do in the Six Nations with this squad? Where where are we going to go? I don't think we'll win at Twickenham. Um, I don't know if we'll play any other games. Uh, <laughs> who have we got up here? We've got Wales and Ireland here. Uh, is it just the Wales Island Italy, isn't it? Yeah, if Italy are allowed to travel. Um, I'd hope, hopefully, third, realistically, maybe fourth or, or fifth, even. Um, I don't I don't think Italy are going to cause us any troubles. Uh, France, as we know, are pretty damn good at the moment, and they have, I'd say, the best scrum half. It's tough between him and Aaron Smith, but Antoine Duport is a different gravy. Um, you know they they look good. England, we know what they'll bring. Ireland, always like a bogey team. Wales issues. So you know Wales at home, you'd hope to win that. Italy, but then after that, very very difficult fixtures. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's back to back to the optimism is not necessarily. We're not going into the Six Nations maybe as optimistic as we have approached other tournaments, um, which often doesn't work out for us anyway. So I think, is it going to be just, let's go and enjoy ourselves? Yeah, realism over optimism. That's what it is. That's, what that's, that's the new mantra, isn't it? Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. Thing, like, we always... You know, it's, it's very tough, very, very fine margins at a stop level of sport. It could go one way or the other. Uh, oh, absolutely. We saw that in Scotland. How many losing BPs did we get last six in? Was it three? Yeah. yeah. I all three, I think. Um, yep. Aye, so. We're, so... Three, we're just not quite good enough. Yeah. Uh, this squad. Well, we'll see. You know, I just don't want people jumping on Red Pass back if he has one bad game because you can't expect somebody to come in at such a vital position. Um, and hit the ground running if he does, fantastic. But yeah, it might need a wee bit of bleeding, uh, yeah. bit of bleeding in. And I think um, I'm just going to finish. So we'll we'll finish the chat regarding the the the, the squad just now. I just want to pull up this comment. Just I think this kind of really says something actually. Um, so uh, Mishy Mouse, will we go Mishy Mouse? I like it. Mishy Mouse too on uh, YouTube um, has said. I think it really showed when Haining looked more mobile and hungrier than Bradbury, and he's a supposed journeyman. Uh, I I absolutely 100%. Haining is a guy who has com- come to Scotland kind of from nowhere, you know, and got a cap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And got a cap and, you know, right. I think Haining's a limited player as well, but Ultimately, he did. He looked like he wanted it. And Bradbury, who, you know, obviously his mum, D, president, has has been president of SRU. Magnus has come up through the the whole SRU system. You know, he is he's kind of a poster boy for 
a guy comes from a relatively small club over at Oban and comes right through the system to to represent his country and gets to shake his mum's hand and give her a hug um, before the game. And he just looks like he doesn't want it. And it's it's sad. It's actually really sad. I, I feel like disappointed. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, let's go on. And I just because I'm not quite as swift as Cam with this stuff, I think we should go on and do some of. So it is hands in the rug. See, I'm just showing that I can actually do these wee videos. This is me kind of, um, I quite didn't quite get the comment away, but Cam will forgive me, it's fine. Um, so hands in the rug or any other business section. Um, it has been a fairly quiet old week on the hands in the rock. Um, there has been, um, we've mentioned already the, the, um, 1872 and the was it two games was it three games gate and whether this was in fact a, a huge conspiracy um from you know the sru or whoever to confuse the players into making mistakes um i i'm going to pass over to you do you have a hands in your ruckage this week only some mild, mild infringements. Um, I don't suppose. Did you see the uh, Pro 14's recent sort of social media things where they'd, you know, it's just I'm just tired. I'm tired of the cliches. But they did like uh, to introduce the new South African teams. They did one of those WhatsApp chat videos, oh, like you know when like yeah. football teams were introducing new transfers. Yeah, yeah, they did one of them, and it's it's really not funny. Um, and then. Today there was one they've like made cartoon versions of players. Like I don't think this is really going to attract. I know you think this is going to attract the kids in, but I'm, I'm not convinced at the moment. Um, yeah, and it's just just like man, come on, this is tired. This is tired stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's something a bit new. So it's almost like um, it kind of reminds me of that. It's that idea of you know. So obviously all this kind of content and stuff like that has been designed by, um, let's say, grown ups. We'll, we'll loosely say grown-ups um, who are dictating what they think kids want to see and what what's going to get people interested in the game. And I I, I have to agree. I I have a wee bit of an umbrage with um, the Pro 14's YouTube stuff and all the the highlights packages and all the the kind of shows they put on and things like that. You know that it's great that we're getting content out there. But I think there has to be um, a level of understanding that we are not all uh, desperate to watch every single tiny little moment of every game on a YouTube channel. We, we, you know, not all of us want to have cartoon versions of players put on our screen um, and yeah. be bombarded with these messages. Especially, I think you know, Twitter, Twitter. Twitter. Kids don't really go on Twitter, or they shouldn't, because it's a cesspit. It's a horrible place. <laughs> uh, did you see what Nickelodeon did for the American football at the weekend? 
No? No, they were broadcasting one of the games. I don't really follow the NFL, but I've seen it. Um, and so, like, when somebody scored a try, they would superimpose, like, gunge cannons in the end zone and splash it all over the players. Oh, wow! Yeah, it was kind of cool. Um, which, and I think, you know, if you're looking for... If you're going to do cartoon versions of people, you're aiming at kids. You don't care, but give them that kind of crap, all that gunge crap, you know. I don't have any kids, John. Is, do kids like gunge crap? Well, it's... I mean, so, gunge has changed a lot since I was a kid. Gunge, gunge seems to be, like... I don't know. I reckon Gunge maybe from the programmes that we watched when we were whippersnappers about 100 years ago. That See, Gunge looked pretty toxic-like. Uh, it was probably made of Angel Delight or something. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew we couldn't get through this uh, podcast without some confectionery item getting a mention. So tonight, sponsored by Angel Delight. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Gunge is different now. It's it just it doesn't quite have that same desperate toxicity to it that um, previous Gunge did. Now, what kids are definitely into is slime, and slime is. I mean, I, my child was showing me recently. Like, apparently, there's lots of different types of slime, and you can get so there's slime that is like obviously sticky slime. There's like sort of slime that feels a wee bit like um, blue tack there's there's just all sorts of weird variants of slime and apparently this is a thing now so um, yeah maybe we could trial that against England and we could have like a you know sort of like a fun house style um, half time event big foam cannons and all sorts of stuff yeah yeah and just have the guys like you know you could maybe score a bonus point if you're able to collect all the things from the fun house phone cannons but with mild disinfectant so you can <laughs> yes that's in covid times <laughs> <laughs> that's that word solve it solving first. solving the problems um yeah so um i i think unless there is anything for anything else i think like, we've had quite a funny hands on the rock just from again. I think Ross has been on the on the on the sauce again tonight because uh, some of his suggestions tonight have been fantastic. So thank you, Ross, for all your contributions. Um, I've deliberately not put them all up because you know it would be like like you were part of the show. Um, but Ross has finally us his hands on the rock. People would tout Scott Cummings to play in positions other than the second row. Um, yes, I think that's a valid. That's on you. <laughs> that's on you, man. Yes. Um, so obviously we know the SRU are listening. So uh, I, I think I think I'm going to just put my hands on the rock out there. Um, the hilarious press release from the SRU um, for the the squad for the Glasgow squad for the 1872 with the absolutely going to town on the number of academy graduates they had um, starting within the squad. And, and um, after us criticising um, the previous week, the lack of academy us usage from Glasgow, um, it was quite funny and um, shows that they are listening to their audience. And that is a good important. thing. We're not that important. I think they... <laughs> I think they can last all the way through like 
I don't know, do they, maybe they've got some kind of software that um, picks out bits where they might be getting slandered. No, they've got an intern that has to listen to it. 100%. You know, they, they, some, they played well, and we've just been saying, give, give, give the kids a chance, man. Well, that's it. Yeah, that is our... So got a chance, and they produced a much better game. Yeah. Well, and, we, and, that Edinburgh try by Christine. That was a really good it was a stunning try, absolutely stunning try. And, and again, like we joke about our kind of bias, uh, both me and Ian about our bias towards Glasgow. But you know, we like we like good rugby, and that Edinburgh try was an absolute cracker. Uh, I was so uh, I, I mean, I didn't I didn't clap. Let's be honest, because like I was a bit annoyed about it, but it was still a stunning try. That's why you were damn. Yeah. No, no, I can't. No. Just get a drink. That's it. Yeah, no. So, yeah, so we had some actual rugby to talk about this week. We've had some announcements. We have had a couple of hands in the rook suggestions. I think that's as, and hopefully we haven't managed to get kicked off of any social media platforms this time round. Um, I think we've been very well behaved, cats, tonight. Um, it's been more, I would say, cats at the ballet tonight. Um, cats at the theatre. Cats at the theatre, yes. And and to be honest, the amount we've talked, it has almost lasted as long as a theatre show. So I guess with that, I think we will call it a night. So thank you, everyone who's contributed tonight. Um, thank you, everyone who's stuck with us. Uh, we've only lost 13 people over the duration of this, which isn't a bad body count, really. Um, thank you to everyone who's been part of this, and we will see you when we see you. I need to confirm whether we're getting Cam back next week or if it'll be me standing in again. Um, God help you if it's me standing in again. So um, thank you from me, and thank you, Ian. Th- thank you, and good night or whenever you listen to this. Bye. (laughs) Bye.